Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Twitter is the most used social network by government and public sector agencies in all of the studies that I've undertaken for your sector over the past number of years. It's your go-to social network. And I agree, it's great for corporate communications, for live streaming press conferences, engaging with the media, and having those influential conversations with the public. The platform is now 15 years old, and it's so much more than a text-based tweeting social network. And today we're going to find out all about Twitter spaces and to see if Twitter can rival the social media stars of Instagram and TikTok. So coming up in today's show, what are Twitter spaces and why should you care? What might a Twitter spaces strategy look like? And I interview Madeline Sklar, one of the world's greatest Twitter marketers and teachers. So she will be taking us behind the scenes of Twitter spaces. She was part of Twitter's beta trial. So if you're interested in Twitter spaces and stepping up your Twitter game, stay tuned. In today's column, I'm making a case for Twitter spaces and why you should go all in. Twitter Spaces is all about real-time conversation. Think about it as having your own radio slot on a local, national, or indeed an international station, depending on your prominence and depending on your Twitter following. The stream of consciousness from speech content is so powerful. It's the most authentic medium in my view. But hey, I would say that I come from a radio broadcasting background. It also allows you to shine a spotlight on your subject matter experts. We know that when it comes to traditional media, it's usually the CEO, the head of department, the manager who gets rolled out to undertake all of those opportunities. However, with Twitter spaces, it's all about a single conversation around a singular topic. Over the past 15 months, we've seen a lot more subject matter experts like physicians, scientists, and researchers join Twitter as they aim to disrupt the spread of disinformation and to really articulate and explain what's been happening around this pandemic and COVID-19 vaccine. So there is a place for your colleagues on Twitter spaces. The other opportunity that spaces provide is that it is a relatively space space. You as the host can control the conversation, you can moderate who gets to speak, and you can also get rid or dismiss those that have an intention to troll or to disrupt a really good conversation. Twitter spaces will also help you organically but exponentially grow your reach on the platform. We know that Twitter is great for reach and amplification. It's not that difficult if you get your hashtags right, your timing right, and indeed your strategy right. Adding in spaces to the Twitter conversation will really bring to life the projects that you're working on, the policies that you're developing, the narratives that you're trying to shape in the public domain, 
and even, dare I say it, influence media conversations as well. We know over 90% of the world's journalists hang out on Twitter. It's where they also share their breaking news and updates. So if you want to develop Twitter into a conversational platform and you're really not comfortable on Facebook or Instagram, which are more public facing, then why not try, why not try out Twitter spaces? There are no cameras involved, no pre-production, no post-production. It really is about in-the-moment conversations. So Twitter spaces, really great addition to Twitter's suite. Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. For today's consulting segment, I'm going to share with you why Twitter Spaces offers an opportunity to build public trust. As we know, there is a significant rise in speech and audio content. If we think about Clubhouse's 2 million downloads, we also think about the rise in podcasting. Twitter's step into the space is a natural evolution of citizen and consumer behavior. We've also recently found out since the last episode of the show that Facebook is also introducing podcasting and audio features. Trust and transparency is the number one currency in the digital age for you guys. And you're always going to have to be thinking about two things. Number one, how can we get closer to citizens so that they hear and listen to our conversations? And number two, what are those social media trends that we need to be on top of in order to stay relevant? It's no accident that Twitter introduces spaces at a time when podcasting and audio is growing. You see, the social networks, and let's include Google here as the search giant of the internet, they are monitoring very, very closely the behavior of social media and search and internet users. So by watching and understanding and aggregating and analyzing that data, they really are pretty sure that any new features that they beta test and then scale up are going to be successful. So as marketing comms, senior managers in government and public sector, you also should be taking that viewpoint when developing your strategy. So let's have a look at a tweet issued by Twitter in December 2020 when introducing spaces to us during their beta test. So they say the human voice can bring a layer of connectivity to Twitter through emotion, nuance and empathy, often lost in text. We see this with voice tweets and voice DMs. Sometimes 280 characters isn't enough and voice gives people another way to join the conversation. So think about Twitter spaces as a sideline conversation at a conference or a networking event. Think about Twitter spaces as an opportunity to have a conversation after a devices press conference. Think about Twitter spaces as a way to host a mini webinar and to inform people about a particular topic that they care about and that they need to know more about. The reality is, is that Twitter spaces is a new feature driven by the growth of audio and speech content. It's also being driven by a need and a desire by citizens to be involved in the conversation. So when you're thinking about Twitter spaces, it's not simply about 
how you're going to host it, who you're going to have perhaps on your virtual panel. But it really is about leading by listening and truly going in there with an intention to listen to the public and to allow them to have their say. I know this creates some nervousness around this sort of approach, but really the the growth and the development of social media is going that way. We're seeing a, a drive into niche topics, niche communities, and following people who are willing to share at great length and go deep on topics that they care about. I think it's a wonderful opportunity. I think that you do need to go in with a plan and a strategy. I think that you need to undertake your own beta testing, find your feet in the Twitter spaces space, and really look at other examples within your own vertical of who's doing it well. And of course, with our interview with Madeline Schuyler, you will get loads of great tips and information. And of course, Madeline was part of that beta test. So it's 2021. We know that audio and speech content is prominent. Citizens want to engage in a conversation. Niche topics and niche communities are where the growth opportunities are. What is going to be your Twitter spaces strategy? And if you need some help, of course, don't forget or don't hesitate to reach out to me. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. I'm delighted to bring you an interview with Madeline Sklar. She really is the queen of Twitter and described as one of the best Twitter marketers and teachers in the world. She also hosts the weekly Twitter Smarter podcast and chat and reaches millions of people. She's a, been a pioneer in the digital marketing space and an early adopter of all new features, especially on Twitter. So sit back, relax, and really enjoy the insights and the inspirational nuggets that you're going to get from Madeline. Madeline Sklar, I'm so delighted to have you on the Public Sector Marketing Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Joanne, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So, hey, you're the original Twitter marketer, if you don't mind me saying. Tell me a little bit why this has been your social media platform of choice, although I know that you are a, a marketer on other platforms too. Sure. I, I fell in love with Twitter the first time I got on it in 2008. I, I love the brevity of it. That is just short to the point. I love that back then tweets were 140 characters. Uh, it was just totally my style of, of, of communicating. And I love how over the years it's really grown into its own as a great place to build a community, to meet people all over the world. The connections you can make on there are, are incredible. And Twitter has not changed from that all these years. People tend to go to where the shiny new object is. I remember when Snapchat was new, everybody like, oh, forget Twitter, let's go to Snapchat. And then same thing when Instagram started and now with TikTok. So 
I find that people love Twitter because of those real connections you can make. And you can pretty much connect with anyone who is using Twitter, as long as they have a Twitter account and they use it themselves. And these days, most people do, uh, not necessarily a team, that you can connect with people that you know, I mean, it can be like a VP of some big company or some big influencer that you love and admire and respect. You can have conversations with these people that you really wouldn't be able to do on other platforms like maybe Instagram or TikTok. You're absolutely right. It really is acceptable to do an outreach and follow somebody on Twitter. And then if they follow you back, go into their DMs. And I had the opportunity when I wrote my first book about five years ago to deliver a keynote in Phoenix, Arizona at a policing conference. And that was on the back of a tweet. And it is remarkable that you remind us that it hasn't really changed since its birth 15 years ago. Now, Twitter does get a bad name for the level of trolling on the platform, but what are your views in terms of it as a channel for government and public sector? On all of my studies over the years, it really is their go-to platform of choice. Yeah, I think it's, it's great for government and public sectors is learning how to best use it and have it fit into what your needs are. And so many times what you have to do is just educate yourself, learn all the ins and outs about the different features. Twitter has so many features that people either don't know about or they don't know how to use. And so I made it my mission over the years to teach all of this and make all this information available so that people can really harness the power of Twitter because I, I really feel like it's the best tool out there to communicate. So Twitter has gone through somewhat of a transformation over the last 12 months. Its growth had stagnated a little bit, but I feel that it's coming into its own recently and experiencing somewhat of a rebirth. Do you think Twitter's future is secure and should we keep it as a key corporate comms channel? I think so. Um, when they recently did their fourth quarter review, they said that the daily active users were up uh, 27% from a year ago, which that's pretty big. And their revenue is also up 28% from a year ago. So it really shows that they are growing. I think that's attributed to so many of these new features that they keep bringing forward to make it a much better experience. And now with this new Twitter spaces, everybody's hearing about, it's like they're really going that extra mile to make this platform go so much beyond a simple tweet. And this episode is all about Twitter spaces. So let's give it the space that it deserves in this conversation. Now, yours was the first space conversation that I joined. I saw this purple ring around your profile photo at the top of my Twitter feed. And I was like, what's happening there with Madeline? And I jumped in and you were beta testing it. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I've been an early beta tester for Twitter on this. And, you know, in the beginning, I just started experimenting and just started rooms to see what all I can do, who would come in, what kind of conversations we could have. We know that voice is so powerful. And, and what was great about this new voice, this audio only feature is that don't have to worry about getting your hair fixed up and makeup. You know, so many people are not comfortable on video. But when it comes to just audio only, you can be doing anything. I mean, I, this morning I was out walking my dog, but I was in a room in spaces talking to people. You know, so that that's pretty cool. Like I didn't have to worry about what I looked like. 
So now they're rolling it out to Android users as well as iPhone. Do you think that this is going to be a game changer for Twitter? I think so. Uh, it's been out since December, first to a very, very small group, and then they slowly adding beta testers to do be room hosts. I got the accessibility in early February. And uh, what they've done as of uh, just recently in the past week is they have now opened it up so that if you have 600 Twitter followers or more, whether you're iOS or Android, you now have the ability to start hosting your own rooms. And I'm already seeing the transformation now when I'm in the fleets area on my Twitter mobile app and seeing those purple glows everywhere. Like people are trying it out. They're so powerful. When I'm hosting rooms, I got people from all over the world showing up. I always have people from Africa that I would never normally be connecting with, but they're finding my room and having these great conversations with me and people in Australia, people in Ireland, people everywhere. Is I think we're going to see great big things with this on Twitter. It's fair to say that 2021 is going to be the year of speech content on the social networks. Clubhouse as a new social networking app voice only and um, we now have twitter spaces we see that facebook is stepping into the voice sphere conversation and speech content and i used to be a, a broadcast journalist so i'm loving twitter spaces it really is the most authentic type of content that you have as you said you don't worry about what you look like your focus is really straight from the brain coming out of your mouth how can government and public sector leverage it to its best advantage that's such a great question. I, I really think because this is so new, we have to experiment to see what works, what, you know, look at what other people are doing. It's always good to look to see what are others doing. So be a listener, get out there and go and listen and, and, and participate and see what others are doing to help gather ideas, but also experiment. That's what I've been doing the whole time I've had access uh, these past several months. I'm just experimenting with rooms to see what works for me? What works for my community? How can I strengthen the bonds in my community? Um, I think for government and public sector, I think Q&As would be really powerful where you can just have, you know, like a panel discussion and, and talk about things that interest the community. I think that I think I predict that's going to be the number one we'll see for, for that. And, you know, if you asked a government or public sector comms manager, if they would take an opportunity of a weekly radio slot on a national station. They would take it with two hands, but there's there's something a bit scary about them seeing voice and conversation in the social media world. I know it's just a mindset thing, but I, I love that uh, advice of listening first, experimenting, and then trying Q&A. Talk to me a little bit about the logistics and the how-to of Twitter spaces and hosting rooms. One of the objections that I know I'll get from my students and clients is, but what about the trolls? What if the conversation is hijacked? They kind of sometimes veer towards the negative as opposed to the positive first. Absolutely. Well, let me address that part first. I, I just want people to know you don't have to fear the trolls. Twitter has worked very hard to make spaces a room where people can feel safe in conversation. They've had the ability from the start that you can 
choose who speaks. You can mute the speakers. But just recently, they added a new feature that the host can tap one button and mute the whole room. So if for some reason the room just went crazy, you can tap that and immediately silence everyone quickly and easily. But um, what I would suggest when, when rooms are being hosted is make it so that it's an invite only for, for speaking. They give you some options when you start a room and I would never have it set to be anyone can speak because that's where you're going to have the troll issues. What you do instead is, is you can invite people and then people can request to speak. So if I was going to host a room and I was going to have a panel discussion, then when I start the room, I'm going to go invite and it sends them a DM. So ahead of time, I'll say, Hey, be ready at this time and look in your DMs and you'll get that direct link. So I'll DM the, that, that group uh, that want to be speakers. So they'll automatically be speakers. And then when we start the room, if you have a period where you want to do Q and a and let the community speak, they can raise their hand basically and request to speak. And you can look at their profile. If you see a profile with no profile picture or no bio, that's a red flag, like do not let them speak. But you get to control that as the room host. So I, I find that Twitter is, is really doing a great job on making this be as easy for us to host and stress-free. Brilliant. So what examples or what are Twitter accounts, individuals or organizations have you come across since the feature has been rolled out? And what spaces and rooms have you joined? Who's, who's doing it well that we should follow? You know, now that they've opened it up for, for people with 600 followers or more, we're going to start seeing everybody go crazy. And we're going to see a, a lot of great examples of hosting great rooms, like especially big brands. But because it's been in this beta mode for so long, the room hosts that I've seen and gotten to know have been people that have been, you know, like not necessarily influencers, not people with a lot of followers that have also experimented to see what works for them. And one lady I came across, her name is Kimberly K. Scott, and she um, she she's a speaker and an author, and, and, um, and it seems like she's a business coach as well, from, from what I gather about her. And she's been experimenting with hosting rooms, so she does one on Mondays called Manifest Monday, So, which I think is nice that some people are kind of going that route, like, let's uplift people to start the day. And then she does a Friday afternoon one called Feel Good Friday, and I've been to that one where her and her co-host, they just bring people together to just hang out, talk about what's going on. Everybody gets to know each other and feel comfortable. They've had people come and sing songs and it's really a very welcoming group of people. So I've, I think for a lot of people, you're just kind of feeling it out to see, you know, I use this for my business or maybe just more for personal to make new connections and relationships. Uh, there's this one lady I've met, her name is Queen. Ash Joe, what he's been doing is hosting a room Monday through Thursday for four hours at a time. And I find that quite interesting. So I popped in a few times and she's just bringing people together. And they just, I think a lot of times the conversations are just revolving around what people want to talk to once they gather. They're not always pre-planned with a topic. So that's what I've noticed with hers. Another girl I met has been an early adopter. Her name is Risha Howard. And she's been hosting these rooms regularly using a hashtag. It's not boring here. And I love that. That I think it's just another way to bring people together using voice and letting the conversations evolve. I've seen a lot of that. I've yet to see 
very many businesses and brands doing it like I'm doing it. But again, because it's so new and so many people are just now getting access, I think we're going to start seeing that more and more. I would love to see like say Wendy's hamburgers, you know, that Wendy's Twitter account is always so much fun to watch. How cool would it be to see like them hosting a room in spaces and hearing the people behind the brand? So I think, you know, we're going to start seeing things like that. I did hear from some colleagues that they saw that Netflix recently hosted a room. It's like, oh, I'm sure that was interesting. So it, I think it's just really best to experiment what I've been doing with my rooms. I'm now hosting three rooms a week. They're all just big experiments just to see what can I do. And I'm gearing it all around business. So uh, I host a big Twitter chat, the Twitter Smarter Twitter chat every Thursday afternoon at one o'clock Eastern. And what I've done is I started a few months ago, I call it my Twitter Smarter after chat in spaces. So several hours later, we come back together again with my guests from the Twitter chat. And we just have a community discussion where we continue this conversation from the Twitter chat with the topic we discuss. And that's gone really well. And it's a way to really position myself even more so as a leader in my industry. Another room I'm hosting, uh, I have a colleague who is really immersed in audio and because because all of this is audio and I'm really loving the whole social audio, uh, you know, like you were saying earlier, all these other platforms are jumping in, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Spotify, they're all coming up with their uh, own live audio feature. So we start a room on Wednesday afternoons and we call it all things audio. We just talk about all things audio. And my biggest experiment, my newest room, I've had this idea for a while about hosting a room and I didn't know if it'd work or not, but I thought, why don't I host a room where we review Twitter profiles? Like we basically do a Twitter profile audit. Somebody needs a profile reviewed. We all, I'll give my two cents. Everyone else in the room can review it, give their two cents and see if we can help people make it better. Cause sometimes you need more people to look at it and give you some construction criticism and feedback. So I started that two weeks ago just on a whim. And the first time I did it, it was phenomenal. Joanne, people loved it. They couldn't get enough of it. And I said, well, look, I'll come back next week, same day and time, we'll do it again. So that was last week. People loved it. So now there's this brand new feature that was just unveiled yesterday called a tip jar. And they're testing it with some of us creators that have been beta testing spaces, where now if you're on my profile on the mobile app, there's a little icon like a dollar sign and you tap on it and it shows my paypal venmo and the cash app and there's a few others there's patreon and Bandcamp uh, are two other ones and so you have the option of inputting your username for those different profiles and if somebody taps on it like if they say you know i'm going to tip mouth a couple of dollars let me tap on her little paypal button twitter is not you know, logging into your account. Some people yesterday were like, wait a minute, it sounds like some privacy issues. There's no privacy issues. Twitter is just linking over. They're just simply being that link. Somebody can tap and go pay you some money directly through that third-party tool. So yesterday, during my Twitter Smarter After Chat, I mentioned, hey, I just got this new feature, this tip jar. I didn't ask for people to send me money. I just literally said, hey, this. I just got this, just FYI, if you want to check it out. And right away, three different people tipped me money through the app, which was amazing. So I I wasn't really planning. Like, I didn't really think about, like, oh, let me do spaces to monetize it. But now it's giving me ideas. How could I monetize it? And I really see 
my room where I review Twitter profiles as being very monetizable because so far in the two weeks I've done it, people have walked away saying, I learned so much. I took so many notes. I went and took what I learned and applied it to my profile. You've really helped me. This is a service I normally charge for. So it's been a way for me to showcase what I know, people to get to know, like, and trust me that didn't already know me. And now I think they're going to be more inclined to tip a few dollars when they come into this room and get value. So I I just really feel like Twitter spaces is just going to be a big game changer for so many people when it comes to Twitter. You know, it's, it's so exciting. And those experiences that you have shared really bring it to life and make it tangible as a feature. And if you think about it, I've always loved Twitter for the ability to connect with people who share my niche and nerdy interests like policing and social media or government and social media. And if you think about it, it's built on the interest graph, whereas Facebook is built on the relationship graph. But now with spaces and conversation and taking that relationship to a whole new dimension, adding the tick jar and some other new features coming down the stream, I'm kind of excited by by Twitter again because, you know, we've had that narrative. It's trolling, it's bots, it's disinformation, echo chambers, it's fake news. It really was time for some positivity. I agree 100%. And so anyone that's been on the fence, like, I don't know about giving Twitter another chance, they're really going out of their way Twitter to make this such a pleasant experience. So I think Spaces is just going to really open the door for so many people to see that there are great things ahead when you're back in Twitter. Can we talk for a moment about fleets, those fleeting moments on Twitter that are stories like we have on Instagram, Snapchat, and everywhere else, shorts now on YouTube. Um, How are people using them? I see a lot of people like screenshotting their tweets, putting them up, putting up static images, not a lot of conversation or video there yet. What's your impression of fleets? I'm really excited about fleets. I love that we have a way to share content that doesn't have to be on your timeline and clog up your feed. So I think there's a lot of value in that. What I've been doing personally with mine is every day I'll go back to my Twitter feed and pick several different tweets and add it to fleets. That's a great feature with fleets is that you can just basically share any of your tweets or anyone else. If anybody has a public tweet, you're able to share that into your fleets. So I kind of take that as a way to get some extra eyeballs on it because, you know, we know that Twitter moves very fast. Uh, A tweet is old very quickly. It moves down the stream very fast. So I feel like this is a way to give it 24 more hours of life. And I've noticed for myself that when I'm doing these these tweets and fleets, I'm getting way more views than I do an Instagram story. So I find that very interesting and it makes me more inclined to use even more. One thing I know notice that a lot of people are not doing, and I don't think is underutilized, and maybe they just don't know, when you're using fleets, you can make a video and put it, you can upload an existing video or go just make a video on the fly. You can ask a question, you know, really use this to get information from your community. So there's so much. And now, of course, they added stickers, which I'm really excited about. It really feels more like Instagram stories with all these uh, ability to like make it really pop when people are looking at your stuff. So yeah, it's a great feature that I, I wish more people would start using. And another relatively new feature is the newsletter function with their acquisition of Revu. Um, How do you think that's going to play out? We know that list building is key in digital marketing. 
email sits at the bottom of the funnel. It's the closest place to the conversion. Do you think that's going to be another game changer? I think it has the ability to. They haven't really said a whole lot about what their plans are yet. But when you're on your desktop, twitter.com, you'll see on the left side navigation, when you click on more, there's now a link that says newsletter. When you click on it, it tells you that, you know, about review. And basically what they did is they bought review. Um, it was, review was very much like Substack, where it's a, a very plain newsletter type of platform, but it's monetizable. People charge, you know, a, a lot of journalists use it to charge to their subscribers. So what Twitter is trying to do is they're trying to come up with a subscription model within Twitter. And when they first started talking about this, they mentioned this thing called super follows. And I think people got the wrong impression because people are like, I'm not paying to read someone's tweets. And I don't think that's what they mean. I think what they mean is by adding this new uh, newsletter feature, it would be a subscription where you would add more content. Like this would be on top of your usual tweeting. You give like bonus content that could be put into a newsletter format um, is what I think they're probably going to do with that. But it's still too soon to know because they haven't, they haven't, integrated it yet they're working on that but it shows you that they're going in this new direction with long form content that would be spaces because when you're doing an audio room in spaces there's no time limit i mean i've seen people do it for very long periods of time so that's long form content and a newsletter's long form content so they're trying not to be just the you know 280 character tweet only they're really trying to go beyond that which i think is great for all of us Let's talk about uh, Periscope, and we know it's it's it was put to sleep, and live streaming is still available on Twitter. You know, has it taken a backseat to live streaming on on Instagram or indeed on Facebook? What's your impression there? Yeah, I mean, I was sad that Periscope, you know, had shut itself down. Was interesting that I don't know if everybody realizes this. Spaces is running on the Periscope platform. That's why the audio is so good. When you're, you know, when you listen to Clubhouse, you're like, okay, this is fun, but the audio is so so. Then you go to Spaces and you're like, wow, mind blown. This is amazing audio. Twitter has said it's basically Periscope without the video part. Um, so my impression is that the live streaming just wasn't their focus anymore and since they wanted to go this audio only route that they're you know shifting all their resources into that with periscope but what a lot of people don't realize is that you can at any time go live in a tweet when you go to compose a tweet on mobile it's mobile only but when you go to compose a tweet and you tap to compose you tap on the photo icon which opens up the camera there's a button that says live and you can go, I did a little test yesterday and I was, I actually went live to say, why does nobody go live just doing a live video tweet like this? Um, I, I think people just don't realize that feature is there, but when it comes to these third party tools, we could use Periscope and live stream, like the way you're using this platform. Um, and some people say they're still able to use it, but it's, but it's not working very well. So I'm not sure, you know, what their reason is behind shutting all that down completely. Uh, and I just, when you have the ability to do a live video in the Compose on mobile, that's not like this. It's not like, oh, let me do an interview with somebody and we're live streaming. You know, it's a very different thing. It's really just, hey, I'm taking a walk. I want to talk about something. Let me do it live on a video. You can watch me and you can comment. Very much like Periscope, but within the live Twitter stream. 
I didn't actually know that Spaces was using the Periscope platforms. That's really interesting. I did notice the audio quality compared to Clubhouse. So uh, brilliant bit of advice or knowledge there. So Madeline, to, to wrap up, if we want to revive or expand our Twitter profile or reach or engagement and lean into some of the new features, what would be your top three tips for our listeners and our viewers? Yeah, well, the first thing is, I mean, like, just really get active and just be consistent. Get on Twitter, show up consistently. When we're on there, people see us and get to know us. When we're not active, you, you know, you fall off the face of the earth, honestly. I mean, that's how it works. So consistency is key. I always make time every day, multiple times a day to get on Twitter, to get seen, to get heard, and just have my presence there. So that's super important. Um Another thing to do is just start going into rooms and spaces and meeting people and building up some connections. Uh, the way you get into spaces, you, you may not be able to host a room yet. One way real quick to know if you can host, open your mobile app. Be sure you download the most current version of the mobile app first and foremost because Twitter has been updating the app so much lately that you've got to have the most recent. So go check the app store, get the current version, go to compose a tweet on your phone. And if you long press it, so you press and hold a little thing pops up. And if, if you have spaces, you'll see the little spaces icon, but really before that you should see a pop-up should just show up randomly that says you now have spaces and it kind of walks you through all the steps, but I would just start going into rooms, meeting people, uh, you know, raising your hand to speak, uh, just to get a feel for how all this works. I think that's super important. And just engage. I mean, Twitter, this is something I'm always telling everybody, you know, Twitter is not for you to get on and lurk. You can lurk, but it's not going to do much for you. You want to engage, you want to show up, you want to raise your hand, you want to be part of conversations. That's why I use tools like Twitter lists. So I can take my, uh, and customize my own Twitter feed so I can look at very specific groups. So like an example for this would be, I could start a Twitter list. I can make it private. They can be private or public. I can make a private one for my eyes only of just specific government Twitter profiles that I just want to keep tabs on. What are they talking about? So every day I can go look, see what are they talking about today? And maybe I just have 10 different ones I want to review and I can make that make my life so much easier by just clicking on this one list and seeing what's everybody talking about. And you can have lots and lots of Twitter lists. So things like that can really help. And then there's a thing called Twitter chats, like what I host, where typically is a, a conversation, usually once a week that lasts for an hour that revolves around a hashtag. And they usually have some kind of topic of interest. And what a great way to connect with people. Prior to Spaces, that has been my hands down best strategy for connecting with new people and getting to know people very quickly. But now that we have spaces, I feel like it's going to be a tie. It's like Twitter chats are still great, still powerful, but so is spaces. Now, Madeline, I usually ask where people can find you, but we've got your Twitter handle on screen. And for those that are listening to the podcast, it's at Madeline Sklar, so M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And thank you so much for all of your insights. I am re-enthused about Twitter. I can tell you that. I already love it, but I feel like there's a whole new body of work to do. And certainly starting with a, a room and a conversation weekly around social media for government and public sector. 
Thanks a million for joining us all the way from Austin, Texas. Thanks, Joanne. Appreciate it. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. To help you get started with Twitter Spaces, I have recorded a tutorial video, and you can find that at the blog post associated with the podcast at publicsectormarketingpros.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. And if you enjoy it, please make sure to share it with a public sector pro that you know. They will thank you for it. And of course, if you haven't already, I would really appreciate a subscribe on the YouTube channel and also a rate and a review. It will help me reach more people like you. Until next time, stay digital and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. 